0: Well, uh, blessed people, uh, it is such a tremendous time, very, very powerful time to come live to you in the mighty name of Jesus. We know that all the nations at this hour are preparing for the glorious coming of the Messiah. We have heard uh, relentless conversations regarding how to prepare for the glorious coming of the Messiah. And the long shot of it is uh, the forecast of what is required of you as the nations begin, final wind down. We've been talking about the final day of judgment, a time that we say it is very, very important in the prophetic calendar of the Lord was the end of history, the end of human history, and in the short run, the church preparing for the rapture, for when the glorious saints will be taken up into glory, and so before I say anything, I want to say that the Lord has spoken with me, Uh, this past night, the Lord spoke with me about the revival that is coming to this land, and there is this very blind totally born blind boy and then the Lord brought him when the Lord brought him then in the mighty most powerful most anointed name of Jesus then uh, his eyes popped open and then I could ask him I was asking him can you now see your mom he said yes I can see my mother and he could try to follow the mother so there's a big revival ahead of us here. It's such an important time in the history of the church. The church is sitting on the verge of eternity. Uh, the words of he that speaks with you are very clear in the coronavirus. They are very clear in the judgment you see happening in Nigeria. They are very clear in the judgment that struck Mexico, Chile, Haiti, the biblical locusts that are here. But why has the Lord been emphasizing on the need for you to prepare, the need for you to be careful as to what you say? We covered many areas that are very important, that the Lord will hold each and every person to account for every idle word that they ever spoke. We also saw that the Lord will judge his person according to their deeds and many more aspects of Christian salvation that should help you at this moment in time to resharpen your walk with the Lord. We've seen that the rapture will take place. The Lord has spoken with me severally regarding the rapture of the church. And we've seen that it's a very important event for the Lord that he takes the glorious things into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus himself promised in the book of John chapter 3, verse 3, when he said very clearly that he's going to the Father's house, he's going to heaven to prepare a place for you, and when he does that, he will come back to take you into the kingdom of glory. I guess no one ever wants to spend the eternity in hell, no one ever wants to languish in the fire and the torment that will take place in hell. And that makes this conversation very, very critical in the life of the church, the life of mankind. And that at rapture, we saw so very clearly that the Lord Almighty, by command, Jehovah way, you come and separate out his people from the rest that is where the beginning of the separation of the wheat from the tares takes place we know the final one also takes place at the final judgment when they are finally cast into the fire those that have been rebellious those that have rejected jesus rejected the gospel but we see that at rapture also is that very important separation of the holy faithful christians the elect of God from those that have rebelled in this time. They have emphasized on rebellion, rejecting the gospel of Jesus. And that separation is very clear in Matthew Matthew thirteen. He has spoken very clearly about it. And for the rapture you see very clearly in Matthew twenty five. He separates them out from verses ten on the way to thirteen. Matthew twenty four 22, in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3, 1 to 5, it says there will be a kind of religion in these days that lacks the power of holiness, the power of the blood of Jesus. And so it's very clear that these events, these are calendar events that have been demarcated by the Lord, and even much more importantly, is that at the rapture of the church, The Lord now from that point on decides to make a direct intervention on the current ongoing conflict on the earth between good and sin, good and evil. And the purpose being that God comes out now to prove that sin can never win over holiness. That those of you that chose righteousness, you were indeed right. You were right to choose holiness. That sin can never ever win over holiness and righteousness. The Lord comes out to prove you right before the eyes of the nations. And in all this conversation, the Lord has been emphasizing that you need to take this instruction and use it to transform the way you live on the earth here to make sure that when the Messiah comes, you are not put to shame. In other words, you need to observe the sanctified Christian lifestyle. And we know very well that sanctification is very key. That is all he has been talking about in this conversation ever since we began talking about the great white White throne judgment of the Messiah, of the Christ, of the Lord. He's emphasizing on the need for you to live a sanctified Christian lifestyle. And that is important because we know very well but right from the beginning, when man was created, there was a fall. The fall that took place in the garden is what justifies, what necessitates sanctification in the life of the church. That's why the Lord is trumpeting sanctification. Be separated. Be separate. Be sanctified. Separate out from the moral decay of this life, of this earth. The fall in the garden... The fall in the garden of Eden created such a tremendous apostasy. It created a pandemic, an epidemic, a pandemic of selfishness, of apostasy, self centeredness, self will, self gratification, self satisfaction, pursuit for self joy, self happiness. And so we saw very clearly that that fall in the garden. That self-centered, self-will, instead of the will of God, is what percolated into the church. It has been brought into the Christian salvation, and that's why the Lord is saying that this is the hour at which to make amends, to make correction, that we may focus on the will of God, because a time of shame is coming. A time of reckoning is coming when those who have rebelled and refused to hearken to this demand of sanctification, demand by God of separation, they will be put to shame on that day. And so the necessity, it has been necessitated, the necessity for separation, being set out, separated out from the rest of the moral decay, the sinful world, it is necessitated by what happened in the garden. That is the genesis of everything. That when men fail, at that time, self-centeredness, let us taste from this tree that we are forbidden to eat from. Maybe we'll feel well. Maybe we will gain knowledge. That self-centeredness and failure to listen to the will of God and take upon oneself their own will at the center stage of their life is what brought the fall to be self-centered, self-gratification, self-satisfaction, pursuit, pursuing self-happiness, self-joy, self-will. And we saw that that self-gratification has found its way within, within the church, into the church of Christ, within the Christian salvation. And therefore the Lord is urging this generation to go back to the original gospel that is centered on Christ, Christ Jesus, the Messiah. Because salvation of the grace was indeed intended for a higher cause, for the heavenly cause, for a nobler cause, for the kingdom of God. It was not about squandering it on the earth. And therefore, sanctification is very key, blessed people, it will be centre in helping the church to prepare for the kingdom of God at this hour. Prepare for the rapture. Prepare for the final day of judgment. How will you appear before your God on that day? The Lord is saying that at this hour, the reason for which the Calvary cross was brought, the reason for which he sent the Messiah, He came as Melchizedek in the book of Genesis, chapter 14. We see verses 17 all the way to 20. He appears to Abraham as Melchizedek. So when he came, the reason the Lord sends the Messiah to the earth, to the church, is because of sanctification. This very reason to separate out from the moral decay, from the sin of this life, the sin of this world. That is ideally, essentially, the reason for the Calvary Cross. And that cross, the Lord designed it in such a way that it was fully sufficient to totally redeem mankind and sanctify them from sin, to separate them out into the election of God. We know very well the tremendous assaults, the attacks, of the devil in this life, and the pressure that this world has put on Christian salvation. There's so much pressure upon the Church of Christ. And that has resulted into a tremendous compromise in the way Christians live their lives. They have compromised on how they live their Christian salvation. And that's why sanctification is very key. Because right now you have apostasy in the house, courtesy of the moral decay of this life. But the Lord is saying that there will be no other solution except the sanctification that He ordained for mankind, that man may be sanctified, set apart, made holy, be totally separate in this life, blessed people. And so... If you look at the book of 1 Peter chapter 1, as we begin tonight. 1 Peter chapter 1. The book of 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. It says the following. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. It says, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God. Now, there he's talking about the election of you, the saints, the election of the Christian believers, and he's saying that it is God the Father that chooses those sinners who are to be saved, who are to repent and be saved. He's saying who have been chosen, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit of the Lord, to be obedient to Christ and sprinkled with His blood. So it's amazing that the Lord is saying that the Trinity, the triunity of God, the Trinity of God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the Trinity are both involved in this tremendous process of delivering sinners into the Kingdom of Glory. And he says, it is God the Father who chooses which sinners are to be saved. It is God the Father who chooses which sinners are accorded the privilege to repent. And then he says, when God the Father, in his role, he chooses the sinners who are to repent and be saved, then it's the role of Christ Jesus the Messiah to cleanse those sinners the ones chosen by God the Father for salvation, He now cleanses them with His sanctifying blood. And then He says, it is then the role of God the Holy Spirit to sanctify these elect of God the Father, therefore having been cleansed from their sins by the blood of Jesus. So you really, really see the centrality of sanctification. In the life of the church. And he's saying that what the church ought to be doing at this hour is to spend our lives in sanctification, being set apart, being separated out for the kingdom of God, while the process of justification really essentially talks about that that assignment of the righteousness of Jesus to you is kind of a legal right you're given. However, sanctification is a process whereby you now have a continuous work being done in you to be holier and holier. The sinner is worked on by the Lord to become holier and holier so that they may be fit the glorious kingdom of God. So God does work in you. We should allow the Lord, in other words, to do his work in us. If you look at the sinful nature of man that's acquired from the garden, that sinful nature needs to be changed, removed, and replaced with a sanctified state. Remember, in this life, there are only two types of people. Those in the unsanctified state and those in the sanctified state. And that's why it's going to be very important at this hour if the Church of Christ can understand that the kingdom of God to which you're aspiring to go is a sanctified kingdom, is a holy kingdom. God Almighty is encouraging the Christian believer to observe a strict sanctification in their lives, to submit themselves to the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit having been cleansed by the blood of Jesus the sanctifying blood of Jesus sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit should come in and that can only happen by us recognizing that God is holy when you look at the church today the church of Christ is as though they have not noticed that God Almighty is holy and that's why they can accommodate that much sin. They can live in that level of carelessness. But sanctification is key for those who want to end up into the glorious kingdom of God. And he saying that it is God the Father that chooses those sinners who will repent and be saved. So it's not even a right It appears it comes across more like a privilege like we are privileged and it saying to acquire the sanctified state to, to be sanctified by the Lord it will require that the church first recognize that God is holy and then to acknowledge that we are sinners that mankind is a sinner therefore requiring repentance from sin. There is no way the Lord can help you except that you first recognize that you need help. Remember, God will never force anybody to be sanctified. You must be willing to be sanctified. You must submit yourself to the will of God that He may sanctify you. And therefore we must acknowledge that the holiness of God is a standard that was given to us as a command. The holiness of God was given to the church as a command. If you look at the book of Leviticus chapter 20, verse 7, Leviticus 20, verse 7, it says the following, In the book of Leviticus, chapter 20, verse 7, he says, Consecrate yourselves and be holy, because I am the Lord, you are God. Consecrate yourselves and be holy, Because I am the Lord your God. It's a command. God Almighty commands us to be sanctified. It is his will that all men be sanctified and enter his eternal kingdom, the kingdom of glory. So God is holy. He begins by us recognizing that God is holy and that we are sinners. And that only repentance from sin can release us, deliver us from sin. And it also demands that we acknowledge that the holiness of God should be our standard. It's a command that the holiness of God become our yardstick, our standard as Christians, of Christian life. Acknowledging that mankind is a sinner. And acknowledging that only through God, only God Almighty through Christ Jesus the Savior can redeem us from sin. The Lamb of God, whose blood was shed in Egypt to cover the door frames and the door posts, only through Him can we be delivered totally from the coming wrath, be saved from the coming judgment, be sanctified for the kingdom of God? And so we must therefore recognize that our sin, our sins are such that we really need sanctification. We need repentance from sin. Mankind, the church, today, the present day church Must recognize that on her own she cannot achieve much You see now the church has drifted away from the will of God And the church has drifted into sin Uncontrolled sin, it's a free fall And so the book of Isaiah chapter 64 verse says. Verse 64 verse 66 All of us have become like one who is unclean. And our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We are shriveled up like a leaf. And like the wind, our sins sweep us away. No one calls on your name or strives to lay hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us. And have given us over to our sin. So he says, human effort, that the works of man alone now, cannot sanctify you, cannot deliver you from sin. That your righteousness, the best, most righteous person on the earth, I don't know who that would be, that their righteousness are like the filthy rags before the Lord. And therefore, for us to be sanctified, We must recognize that our sins require repentance, and only God the Father, through the sanctifying blood of His own Son, and through the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit, having chosen us, can be able to sanctify us for His glorious kingdom, set us apart, give us this wonderful election that brings us into the kingdom of God. And so, in this process, the Lord commands sanctification from the world, separation from the world, that we may live a separated Christian lifestyle. That is what is missing in the present-day church. They have mixed up the world with the Christian salvation they so behold. So sanctification is a lifelong process, blessed people, in which you, the Christian, grows in holiness from one level to the other. And we have seen that God Almighty treasures holiness, Why? Because he is holy. We Remember too well in the book of Isaiah chapter 6, when Isaiah stood before the throne of God, Isaiah stood before the throne of Yahweh, and Isaiah trembled so much. Isaiah cried out so much. Isaiah wept. Because Isaiah realized That he was standing before the most dreadful holiness of God. That is the kingdom we are all going to, those of you who are aspiring to enter the glorious kingdom of God. You must prepare to enter the holy kingdom of God. There is no better way to prepare than to allow the Lord to sanctify you. Since God is holy and he treasures holiness, the Christians now must change. They must cooperate with him. They must allow him. They must give him access to achieve his holiness in them. This is what the Lord is saying. That the present church has not given him the chance to do the work that he needs to do in them. In other words, you must cooperate with the Lord that he may be able to sanctify you. He must allow him access that he may be able to... The holiness that the Lord is talking about can only be achieved by his sanctifying work. And that sanctified state is a state when you're without blemish, without spot, without defilement. When you have been made completely, complete, fully complete. When you have been made perfect. And so the Lord is endeavoring his effort on the church now is to be able to help every Christian achieve the requisite sanctification of God. And the Lord has vivid examples on the importance of sanctification. We know too well Uzzah in the book of First Chronicles chapter thirteen. First Chronicles thirteen. Uzzah because of his unsanctified state, he was killed by the wrath of God. Uzza was killed by the wrath of God when he touched the ark of the covenant of God. That is very serious indeed. The sanctified state. You require to be sanctified that you may defeat the holy kingdom of God. He says in the book of 1st Chronicles, 1st Chronicles chapter 13, 1st Chronicles 13, he says the following. From verses three and four. He says again first Chronicles thirteen blessed people. I'm reading three and four. Let us bring the ark of God back to us. For we did not inquire of it during the reign of Saul. The whole assembly agreed to do this because it seemed right to all the people. Remember that what seems democratically right all the time does not necessarily appear right. Is not necessarily right before the Lord. They chose to bring the ark of God, but without the requisite sanctification, without observing the requisite standards of God, it turns tragic. God is holy. Before you appear before Him, you have to be sanctified. So, sanctification that the Lord is emphasizing in the church today essentially means to be set apart from sin. To be separated unto God. To become holy. And he says, to be consecrated. In other words, that is the process of redemption, to be redeemed, to be freed from the bondages of sin, to be made holy again, to be made productive in his eyes. In other words, you can never be productive except that you are fully sanctified. To remove the stains of sin from you, that is what God is talking about now. That this is the hour to realize this in the church. To remove the stains from the church. The stains of sin from the garment of the church. To make the church functional. In other words, you can only evangelize when you are being set free from sin. Then you become the purpose for which the church was created. fit for purpose. So the Lord is saying... That the sanctified state that he designed the church to achieve is essentially the definition of God's election. That's when one can say you have been elected. You are now going to the kingdom of glory. Grace has been matured in you. You are now immovable in your faith. You are very solid, firm, permanently established in the spiritual lifestyle that The cross of Jesus demands. Permanently abiding as citizens of the kingdom of glory. I mean, I'm talking about a Christian that cannot be swayed left and right by false teachings anymore. Totally separated by the Holy Spirit. Anointed with fire. Matured as a believer. Name in the book of life. Where in the white garment, you see in Revelation 19, verse 8, where it says, finest linen, bright and clean, was given at where? So my question to you today is, are you sanctified? Remember, sanctification is a continual process. But you can realize that you are being sanctified by what you emit For by their fruits you will identify them. You recognize them. When you realize that you are now shunning evil, shunning worldliness, turning away from the things of the world, then you are quick to understand, you will quickly understand that you are moving closer to the mature sanctified state when your choices have changed. And we know that there is the unsanctified state in the church today where Christians tend to mingle with sin and they don't care it does not bother them and yet at the center of the mission of the Christ to the earth god placed sanctification as the ultimate objective and that's why you see Melchizedek appears he appears before abraham and he carries bread bread and wine, the living bread, carrying bread and wine. In other words, at that time, you know, most of the communities, as it is partly today, but then the entire world was very agricultural. These were agricultural communities, blessed people. And therefore, bread was an absolute necessity in the life of man, as it is today, yes, but at that time, and then bread was very scarce also. There was severe shortage of bread at that time. But bread was an absolute necessity of life for the survival and sustenance of anybody. So Melchizedek appeared with bread as the symbolism, the symbol of the sanctification that God was delivering from heaven to mankind. He was essentially saying that he is the bread of life that is absolutely necessary for man to live Eternally, to find life. He is the true bread of life that can sustain life. And that is what you see emulated in the book of John, chapter 6, verses 47 to 51. Where now Jesus said he is the true living bread, the bread of life. That if a man eateth all, will attain eternal life, will never hunger again. So God Most High placed sanctification at the center of the mission of the Christ to come and give us life, life beyond the tombs of sin, the tombs of this world, that mankind may now live for God, sanctified life. But for you to be sanctified, as the book of Second Corinthians 6 says, verses 14 to 18, that what Does righteousness have in common with wickedness? What fellowship can there be between light and act? So, sanctification then becomes personal willingness. Availing yourself to God, blessed people. That is what the Lord is calling upon the church to do today. That you may live a separated life, devoted to the Lord, Consecrated unto him, and that now you may pursue the mission of God assigned to you. That as you are sanctified, you are now able to evangelize, you are now able to live life with hope of eternity. And so, blessed people. Sanctification is very key in the life of the church. The Lord is asking the church to recognize that He is holy and to acknowledge that sinners will not enter the kingdom of God and also to acknowledge that only God through the work of Christ and the Holy Spirit can sanctify us from sin and that our sins in themselves require repentance and sanctification. And that the call to be a Christian is a call to live a separated life, a separated Christian lifestyle. And that we must cooperate with the Lord, must be willing to be with Him, walk with Him, to allow Him to sanctify us. In the book of Philippians, chapter 2, Philippians, chapter 2, blessed people, he's saying we must be willing to work with him, to allow him, cooperate with him, that he may be able to sanctify us. Remember, God will never sanctify you against your will. But he's made it clear that it is God that cho- cho- chose chooses those sinners whom he gives the privilege to repent and become saved. And then the blood of Jesus, the role of after the Father has done his role by choosing the sinners who should be saved, then it's the role of the Son, God the Son, Christ Jesus, to now cleanse them with his sanctifying blood. Then it's the role of the Holy Spirit to now sanctify them for glory, for the kingdom of heaven. So the book of Philippians, chapter 2, I'm reading, 12 and 13. And it says, therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now even much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Your will is required there. Your effort is required there in fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill His good purpose. It is God working in you. You cooperating with God. You allowing yourself to live a life in fear and trembling, a salvation with fear and trembling, and then cooperating with God to work in you to will, and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. So you must cooperate with the Lord. He can never sanctify you against your will. So blessed people, the Lord is calling out unto this generation to come out, to allow him to work with them, that it may provide for you a way out of this current state of sin on the earth to see the kingdom of glory. I say the fall in the garden of Eden, brought corruption, brought self-will, self-gratification, self-satisfaction, selfishness, a culture of self-centeredness. That's why you see today everyone seems to be working on their own will, on what would benefit them personally for self-gratification, self-satisfaction. And I say it, that that is what infiltrated into the gospel, into the Christian salvation. The so fact that now the Christians also are attempting to live for self instead of the will of the Father, the will of God therefore making sanctification extremely key in the church in order to ready her for the kingdom of God in order to prepare her for the kingdom of God you need to be sanctified to be set apart from that self gratification self satisfaction self will self centeredness and that the Calvary cross Brought us the blood of Jesus, that is sufficient to do that complete duty, that complete work in the church, and prepare the present day church for the glorious kingdom of God. Only if she's willing, because she must cooperate with God. That when you live in this world, there's a tremendous assault, assault from the world, and yet you need to be set apart from sin, separated. Unto the Lord, redeemed for him, removed from the stains and the wounds of sin, freed from decay and defilement, made productive, made whole again and functional. Hallelujah. So the Lord is crying out to the present age, the present generation, to allow him sanctify you. And that not until you accept to submit yourself to the sanctifying power of the blood of Jesus and the sanctifying works of the Holy Spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. May the Lord bless you. Those who want to receive the Lord, repeat after me. Say, mighty Lord Jesus, I've realized the importance of sanctification in my life. And that you brought Christ Jesus as the righteous ruler, the righteous king who will overcome death and lead your people to immortality through the sanctifying blood of Jesus, the sanctifying work of the cross. And today I submit to this righteous king, our Lord Jesus, and receive in my heart as my Lord and Savior, my Lord Jesus. And I ask you, my Lord Jesus, to sanctify me and prepare me for God's purposes, for the kingdom of God. Mighty Lord Jesus, order my steps and cause me to have zero tolerance to sin. In the mighty name of Jesus, I am born again tonight. Thank you. The Messiah is coming. Blessed people, prepare. The Bible says nobody knows the day or the hour. But this is the voice of one calling out in the wilderness Prepare ye the way of the Lord. I see the King coming. And the church I see him take is a holy church, a righteous church, a glorious church, a radiant church, a mature church, without spot, a church without wrinkle. For without holiness, nobody will see the Lord. Thank you. Today I shall have the Lord bless you.